0: Hey, what's going on, beautiful people? What a privilege and honor to be back with you again. I hope that wherever you are on this planet, you're doing amazing. And I'm sending you all of my love, good vibes, well wishes your way. We have a tremendous episode of the podcast for you today. We have the Urban Farmer Curtis Stone on he came highly recommended from some of the podcast listeners saying you got to get Curtis on the show he's a fellow Canadian and uh, this is a fantastic episode we cover a lot of ground on this we talk about law and the law merchant system we talk about the UCC um, how genocides are done by people we talk about maxims of equity the timeline for Canada, um, Seven. why you should have a bug out bag and survival supplies. We talk about the work of Mark Passio, Darren Brown, uh, Dean Clifford, Cal Washington. We talk about a show uh, Liberty on the land, the work of Buckminster Fuller, uh, building a homestead off grid and all of his amazing uh, uh, videos, his educational videos on his YouTube. So if you haven't checked them out, uh, he is the man to see right now because he is Literally the one you want to talk to about growing a garden, homesteading, and all that kind of thing. So this is a fantastic episode. I know that you're going to enjoy it. If you do like it, please do what you can to share, subscribe, leave a review, get it out there. The censorship is crazy bonkers. Um, people are telling me on Instagram now because I, you know, I went back to Instagram after they deleted it, which I don't know uh, how I feel about, but I did. I did it, and they said they can't even tag me sometimes in posts, or they'll search me directly and I won't come up. So whatever you can do to share it, uh, get the word out there, that would be amazing, um, I'm going to be uploading on Rockfin as well, become a member of the community, if you go to MattBelair.com, you can become a member, it's a great way to support the show, you're going to get exclusive content because I can't be posting everything on YouTube and other platforms, So, um, but you can get everything if you become a member, plus bonus content and all that kind of stuff. And for those of you guys who want to go a step further and you want to learn how to build and architect your life purpose from a conscious point of power and creation, consider doing some coaching. Um, We can do one-on-one coaching and there's also a powerful new group we've created since January called Atomic Alchemy. There's amazing people in there. People are already having fantastic success in the program. And so if you're curious about that, go to mattbellier.com. Forward slash coaching, fill out the form, and I would love to work with you and help you um, build and architect a fulfilling life because everybody who connects to their life purpose always wants to do something of service to other people. And it's a very beautiful thing and something I, I believe is very important in these times. And so that's it. Uh let's get into this episode. But before we do, let's come into a state of peace and coherence. Wherever you are in the world, just stop what you're doing, take in a deep breath in through your nose. Hold that breath and let it out slowly, filling every cell, muscle, and fiber of your being with joy, peace, contentment, empowerment, love, peace, and joy, and ready to take on this absolutely phenomenal episode with Curtis Stone. Hello and welcome to the Mastermind Body and Spirit Show. I'm your host, Matt Belair. As you know, we are facing extreme censorship alongside many other truth seekers out there. If you want to support this show, please go over to mattballair.com, become a member, leave a review, do a share, but most importantly, do three kind acts wherever you are in the world today. Today's guest is a farmer, author, content creator, and entrepreneur. First, gaining international recognition for the success of his urban farm, Green City Acres, in 2010, he has since expanded into publishing, YouTube, online entrepreneurship, and tools manufacturing. His seminal book, The Urban Farmer, has been an Amazon bestseller since it was released in 2016. And with the growth of his YouTube channel, has published two online courses, launched a tools company called Paper Pot Co based out of california and now primarily publishes weekly videos to his website fromthefield.farm welcome to the show curtis stone thanks for having me matt happy to be here uh it's a pleasure you know my audience has been telling me i gotta get you on the podcast forever um and uh, i find out that you're canadian you're doing amazing work and and it's a long time coming so i'm so happy to have you on the show and um there's so many things that we uh, need to talk about. So uh, totally. your work is is so important to the times we're in right now. And so it's amazing to see people really just respond to all the content that you are putting out what you've been talking about for years. And we're kind of living in that now. So why don't we just catch the audience up to speed with a little bit about your background, um, and how you got into the work you're doing. And, and, and you know, now it's really catching fire. So it's, it's good to see.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, I, um, I was worried about the shit hitting the fan back in 2007. That's actually what motivated me into farming. I was like a, trying to be a full-time musician, hipster musician in Montreal, uh, playing music for musicians, basically. And um, and uh, I was I've been interested in permaculture and homesteading and off-grid the grid living forever. And so when I started to see what was going on at the recession, then um I was concerned I was actually I was really that was around the time I started to get really deep into the esoteric stuff and uh I was I was worried about the Mayan calendar (laughs) back then (laughs) and so I was basically preparing to um get out of the city and get out of uh that style of living and and get myself onto some land and and it's been a real long journey you know i I started by getting out of the city and then I I hopped on my pedal bike and I rode down to Tijuana down the California coast and visited farms and off-grid homesteads and stuff and learned a lot about myself and you know not not really a lot about living on the land but I learned a lot about myself primarily and and uh realized that I could do anything I wanted to if I just put one foot in front of the other and other and just make, make it happen and so that was a recipe for success that led me into everything I do now and so you know that was in uh, 2008. That was in the summer of 2008, and then I started my farm shortly after that. Uh, first year of production was in 2009, and um, yeah, I've been doing that ever since. You know, farming worked really well for me. I, I, I it was, it wasn't easy. It was, a, it was, a, it was, it was tough. But I figured out a business model that worked really well, which is small farming. Uh, you know, urban farming. That's what I wrote about in my book. And, um and it just led to other things I just you know I was because I had a background in music and performance, I was just naturally good uh doing doing lectures and things like that and um you know a whole career out of being a public speaker and content creator came from that and then uh, up to the point where you know I was I was doing so well off the farm, that in 2018, I actually closed my farm uh, for commercial production, though I still farm and I actually have a I have a half acre cooperative farm. I still have a massive homestead garden and I, now I'm developing a 40 acre off grid homestead. So I, I never stopped farming. I just stopped commercially farming in t- 2018 because I was making a lot more money uh, with a lot less effort uh, without farming. And so I think anybody who had their head on straight would go, well, you know, why would I keep farming if I can work less, have a family and do this. And so basically, I started pursuing that. And, um, and that's kind of where we are today. I mean, I, I've been involved in a lot of different entrepreneurial endeavors, uh, some of which you touched on in the bio there. Um, but they all pertain to agriculture, I never, I've never stopped farming, I just stopped commercially farming. And and when in the time that I stopped commercially farming, that's when I started taking my content creation more seriously. And then that's when I started actually intentionally traveling around the world to showcase farmers for my website and my YouTube channel. And so that's that's kind of where we are today. Um, you know, I got really passionate about the law. We were talking a little bit before we started. Um, you know, I got really passionate about issues around farmers. And uh, you know, if I if I wasn't in a position where I was making a really good living. Uh, off my farm, I wouldn't have been in a position to do any of the advocacy work that I have done uh, to try to fight for the rights of farmers. And um, that's been a, a a really strong passion of, of mine for the last, well, since 2016, I actually started kind of tinkering around with them. I had the Canadian Food Inspection Agency send me a letter back in 2016. And I I sent them back a, a counter offer, um, basically an offer to, uh, to contract um, countering their offer. And they left me alone. And I, it was at that point that I realized that this whole system, this whole matrix is just this commercial system and everything is offer and acceptance. And, uh, and that changed my life um, because it, it led me to really see the world in a different way, which is the, the way it is not what my idea of it is. And I started getting remedy in the system and it's, and it's helped myself and, and a lot of other people and I don't I don't offer remedy to people I don't I don't sell remedy I don't tell people what to do like legally in the public um but uh it's worked for me and 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 I've been able to kind of navigate this matrix um a little bit more fleet of foot than if I was just kind of accepting it as reality and letting it tell me what I can or cannot do with my life
0: Oh, man. Well, you opened up a whole bag of worms there. I guess the first question I'll ask is I'm going down the the law avenue as well and offer and acceptance and coming to understand all these things to a um, larger degree. And this year, it's kind of been a a pressure cooker of of understanding so many things around health and what viruses are and germ theory versus terrain theory, forcing you into understanding the truth because rights are being taken away and choices are being taken away. And so one of the things is how these systems of law work. Um, so in your understanding, without offering the remedy, cause it is out there, other people are teaching and it's starting to grow, uh, Cal Washington, helping people get the uh, smart meters off their home by basically not contracting. And this happened in Gold yeah. uh, golden British Columbia. And I think it happened in the UK as well with that, part of that c-
1: campaign. That's how I got to know Cal actually.
0: Oh, right on amazing. Yeah. 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 And so they're actually getting results. And so if they had one of the questions that I have, right, we're talking about the big things. Do you think having that understanding will help us if they kind of go full communism, like the worst scenario we could have? Do you think like, and, and then the second question with the farmers, you know, and if you run a farm and they come with their contract, if you have that knowledge, is it going to continue to work if they have, uh, if they're strong and they're able to hold their position, they know what they're talking about and they're aware of their tricks. Do you think it would still work at a higher levels for other farmers as well?
1: Well, it's hard to say for sure, because I don't know what will change. However, what I will say is that in the last thousand years or more, nothing has changed in the system fundamentally. It's all based on the law merchant system, which is all rooted in Roman civil law and all of that. And none of that has changed, despite the fact that the appearance of the government and the appearance of the system has changed in some ways but that's all just optics like politics is just completely optics it's all just bullshit at the, and that's why when you hear when you hear uh, you know american politicians like um, AOC or Bernie Sanders talk about or or now um, all these cronies like Klaus Schwab talking about the great reset um, and they want some sort of global communist system um it's all still commercial the, the whole the whole system is commercial it just might; they might make it where you don't have access to those things at the at the face of it. But that's how they've always done it, um, and that's why you know when you get a letter from a bureaucrat ordering you to do something, well, an order is just like making an order at a restaurant, right? And that's why all these all this terminology is commercial: a charge, right? Currency. Um, All of these things are based on commercial offerings. And so when a government order is issued, it's like, sure, I'll do the order, this is my fee. And so at at a fundamental level, that's really where a lot of remedies come from, um, is just is just a commercial redemption, as they refer to it. And uh, so I think, yes. um, But I think people need to learn about how the system works. And really, One thing I would suggest, you know, we're in Canada here, people should just read some of the basic statutes that are fundamental to Canada, like, you know, the Interpretations Act of Canada is a great one to start with, read the definitions, and it'll blow your mind on the definitions of some words that that you think mean certain things. And, um, you know, so I think, yes, um, my hope is that people don't wait until the last minute, because the one the one potential thing could be is if China is as big of a player as some people think they are they don't really well i don't know exactly what their system is based on because the western world is based on a system called the ucc the uniform commercial code and i don't know how china uses that and and if they do use it in the in the east and so the one risk is that if china is the big thing and i don't know if they are for certain i think they are have a big player in it they might be a proxy but um if they come here and they don't give a shit about your rights or anything to that, then, then maybe it won't matter. But I think it will, because like I said, they've changed the optics of the system many times, but the fundamentals of the commercial law merchant system, as Cal talks about is all still there. So.
0: Well, yeah. And that, yeah. yeah. And I see, um, The potential, and I've heard this before many times, that uh, it requires our consent, right? And it's like this deceptive uh, Luciferian system because they're using deceit to get your consent. And so apparently, number one, they have to tell you what they're doing. And that's why me and you and many other people have known what's been going on. Like I'm sure in April or sooner, May, you were like, okay, this is what's going to happen. You knew about the lockdowns, you knew about the vaccines. It doesn't take someone that long to figure it out when they know how to do research. Like, okay, this is what's going to happen because for some reason they make it public. Now, if you want ignorance, yeah, you can't allow ignorance to be your excuse. You can't say because I was ignorant, now I got harmed. No, you have to take responsibility uh, for your life and for where you're getting the information from. If you're saying I'm too busy and this is my job and I and I only read the headlines and these are the choices I'm going to make, well, you're going to suffer that consequence. So That's my fair. my hope is in this system, from what I've viewed, is that it it, it does require consent, even though it's deceptive consent and then we are empowered to make a new choice. And so hopefully it doesn't get to the point where they just remove all of that choice from you or all of that freedom from you. So that's why I ask, because that's one of the things I'm concerned is like, I learn about this thing and then I know what I'm talking about, but at the end of the day, they're like, oh, we're just gonna round you up anyway. And so I'm like, oh, that's not good. Um, Well, and yeah, and
1: I mean, I think think the roundups will come from the other brainwashed zombies, frankly. uh, and that's always how it's been with genocides. For the for the most part, if you look at back at history, the most horrendous genocides that came through mostly communism, you know, there was one or two fascists that had some deaths, but the vast majority of mass murderings uh, from governments have come through brainwashed people like in Stalinist Russia, Pol Pot's Vietnam, and uh, Mao Zedong in China. Um, and so it's more about us getting away from the zombies the hordes cuz the propaganda is just is endless right now but one thing i was going to say is there's a book this is these are the maxims of equity and anybody this this is this is the real gravy when it comes to law is the maxims of equity because everything they do operates within the maxims of equity and there, there, there is a there's a lot of these maxims um but one maxim of equity that is universal through all law in the western world is equity does not aid a volunteer so that means if you volunteered, tough shit, that's your problem. So you didn't know the law, you didn't know the statute, but you went along with it, doesn't matter to me. And that's how these cronies operate. They actually do operate within the, 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 the maxims of law, but they, they constantly inundate you with so many words that you won't bother looking. Um, and, and, and a lot of that has to do with the fact that most people don't know how to read the law. Like they don't know where to start. And I, I can understand that. Um, but you just have to start it's like anything. But I, I actually had a conversation with a friend of mine who's a police officer. And I, we've been friends for 25 years. Uh, so we've been friends since we were like turned teenagers. And um, he's a cop and he's been a cop for about 15 years. And uh, he said to me, and he, he, he's awake to what's going on. He, he sees it. He's a plainclothes cop. Like, he's not in uniform, so he doesn't have to go around wearing masks and forcing stupid rules. But he says, I can't believe how little the average person knows about the law. Like, people don't understand the law. They don't understand. For one, they don't understand the difference between lawful and legal. And they don't even understand the basic tenets of, say, the Canadian Charter of Rights and Freedoms. And they don't understand the history of Canada. They don't understand that Canada is a de facto nation under the the Governor General. They don't understand any of this stuff. And if you these things that I'm saying, probably to a lot of your audience, they're going to be like, "What are you talking about?" And so that's how fundamentally they get away with all the stuff they're getting away with is because nobody understands what is actually lawful, what's actually legal, and they don't even understand the, the codes. I mean, it doesn't even take a lot to to do a bit of research, even here in British Columbia they have this, this mask mandate. Um, and there's, there's another, uh, another maxim of equity, which is that I forget how the maxim goes. But the gist of it is that there's remedy in everything. So in every code or statute or act or order or whatever or mandate that's written by government, remedy is always built into it. That's why um, corporations and people who have deep pocketbooks can get away with everything because they just hire lawyers to figure out where the remedy is. And then they kind of you know, it's the same old thing. They, they know how to navigate the law, so they put resu- they dedicate resources to do that. Um, but you don't need a lot of resources to, to do that. You just have to read. But even here in British Columbia, in the mask mandate it says explicitly in the mask mandate that um, medical exemptions are accepted, and they will not ask you for what that exemption is. So the remedy is right there. So if you don't want to wear a mask in the stores, you don't have to. I don't. I stopped doing it entirely. And uh, nobody bothers me anymore. I think people, I think more p- people here in Kelowna are kind of getting used to it. But I take my kids grocery shopping. I was just in the Toyota dealership the other day getting my truck fixed, didn't wear a mask. Nobody said anything. And and, and, and actually, I still get like kind of bug-eyed customers looking at me funny, but I just ignore them. So I just like, you know, whatever. But 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 the point is, remedy is built in. And it'll be the same in Ontario. It's the same everywhere.
0: You brought up a lot of great points there, and and one of them was about the genocide, and you're right about that. If you looked at uh, Rwanda and how that worked, right, and and what they did is they used – they used, uh, you know, propaganda to dehumanize the other side. Then yes. gave them a bunch of machetes, and then humans did it to other humans. Yep. And then I, I really clued into the divide and conquer because one of the ideas is divide and conquer. And then you kind of yell at the other person. But it seems like there's a point where you can actually get that other person to kill another person. And that's yes. what happened in uh, Cambodia when I went there and I went to the killing fields and I had a, you know, a guide and explain all that that stuff to me. I was like, this is awful. How did people do that. And guess what? It was the people who sided with the government that killed their fellow man. So that stuff is... is is scary to me and and when i talked to cal washington um this was in maybe the spring i and then i found out about the um the concentration camps or the the covid quarantine camps which everyone says is a conspiracy back then i was like no we have a third party contractor wanted to bring these in oh yeah fully
1: fully on the books yeah
0: yeah 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 so so ridiculous so it's all it's all here now right so then you know what's the next thing that people aren't going to believe but i was like cal man this is scary stuff like what do you think and he goes well, it's like a snake eating it's itself. You know what I mean? It's like this system's going to symbol.
1: It's that symbol, right? That's, yeah. That he's that like, it's going to
0: collapse. See, that's, yep. that's what he feels. And so I, 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 I give him a lot of weight and, but maybe it's going to be one of those optional things where we're going to have to opt out. We're going to have to get out of that and say, Oh, well, you want right now, it's like, you want to have your job, but you're going to need a vaccine. Well, if you understand, um, you know, what that does and I invite you to research, research, research it intensely before you agree to that, because there's a lot of evidence that it might not be good for you yeah. by definition it's mm-hmm. gene therapy. Absolutely. Um, uh, you know, you make that choice, but you and I or other people might be just like doing what we can to get out. And so my hope is that there's always a remedy. And it does feel like it's like biblical times. You know what I mean? Yes. The end of times. One oh, one will stay and one will go. Oh, yeah. um, and so my hope, too, is like there is a good force that we can – like a tidal wave of energy yeah. of – the old world that i used to say before coronavirus is all competitive which it still is right it's all dog eat dog but really in a new world or in a cooperative world it's win win how can i help you how can i yep. you know be a good human being how can i live with honor and integrity provide real value but makes it basically a win win not having a knife behind my back and seeing how I can fleece you, how I can get the most from you. And that society seems to be moving with that uh, world agenda. And then there's a group of people popping up and saying, I don't want to participate in this. I want to move into something else. And so now we get to build that as a community, but it might be challenging because we've never had to do this before. We're in the pressure cooker where we don't have the option anymore to play in that system. We really need to just separate from it and find something else.
1: Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I agree. And uh, Cal is actually a really good friend of mine. I actually talk to Cal quite regularly. Um, Cal assisted me through my first conditional acceptance um, that I explained briefly at the beginning. And we've been good friends for years. Uh, Cal was actually here a few weeks ago at my house. And uh, Cal has a very um, deep spiritual understanding of how the world works. And I actually trust I actually trust Cal's opinion on how things are going more than most people. Uh, he, has an in, he has a level of intuition that uh, that's far above and beyond mine. Uh, and, 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 and a lot of that has to do with this. He's been in the game for a long time. Cal's been doing this stuff. Cal's played in the courts. Um, another friend of mine who has a perspective like that is Dean Clifford. Um, and uh, both those guys are probably two legends in the in the sovereign law movement in Can- in Canada. And they both have that optimistic view. I think Dean may be a little bit more uh, along my lines that, yeah, I'm with Cal in that. I think things are going to work out. But I think there's going to be a long period of discomfort. And, uh, and I hope I'm wrong. Um, So like, and and I could be wrong. I've been wrong on many things in my life before. And I'd really love to be wrong on this one. But but when I look at the trends on things that happen, you know, I I've been for a long time, a student of, um, uh, following the news headlines and, and looking at sort of the predictive prog- programming that goes in. And, uh, I followed trends in the news and ha- have actually had a lot of success with predicting certain things that have helped me in my career and my, my family life and and just my personal life. Um, and, I've been following this whole thing since the beginning and the predictive programming is all there. And, um, in October, the, uh, that leaked email came from the alleged, you know, leaked email from the the liberal party of Canada member who was part of the prime minister's office. And, uh, you know, they laid out this timeline of, of, what's going to happen. And so and there was 12 points in that email and so far 5 of them are dead on target what was predicted in that email. So um it looks like if you know, again, I hope it's wrong. Uh if it's correct, it's basically they're going to be offering a world reset debt uh a debt relief program through the IMF in Canada by the end of this year. And so my my, my it, it looks like they're going to continue this lockdown bullshit they're going to keep demoralizing and destabilizing society bankrupting the middle class which has always been their plan that's that the elites have always wanted to disable the middle class because if you disable the middle class then they have less competition okay because the middle class are the ones that are that are striving to take a piece of their pie right by not it's not even taking anything from them it's just creating wealth and creating value and and having success with it that's what any good entrepreneur would do but they 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 don't like competition, these people. And so um, they want to get rid of the middle class. If you read the, uh, you know, all of these, the readings, anything from these New World Order cronies, they've been saying the same thing for 100 years, that that's what they want to do. And so they're they're doing that really effectively. This year has probably in my 20 years of looking at this stuff. I've never seen bigger moves to destroy the middle class and destroy wealth than ever and consolidate it into the hands of very few and so it's amazing that that people, even on the left, don't is this isn't blaringly obvious to them, but I think you know, we've had really the last four years in in United in the American political circus, it's just been this orange man bad narrative, which has compartmentalized anybody who's I hate the the left-right paradigm, but just to illustrate my point, anybody who's like right of center and who questions the common mainstream media narrative has been corralled into a corner where you're with anybody who it's like anybody it's 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 flat earth any kind of conspiracy um neo-nazis right anything to dehumanize this group of people you're all over in this category and 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 so the left even the good people on the left because a lot of good people on any political spectrum but they all have this knee-jerk reaction now that if anybody speaks any language that sounds anything like what they have corralled over there then they go ah they go into npc mode and they just lose it and it's like agent smith who just comes into your body in the matrix and just takes over and like repeats the narrative and and that's where we're at and and the media is hammering the narrative of dehumanizing people like us And and according to this LPC leaked email that we will be deemed a public safety risk and that will be in the mainstream lexicon very soon and um, you'll have people freaking out. And then we like you're either going to have to fit in or get the hell out of where you are because you will it, it could get violent and hopefully, you know, Western society is hopefully that works out for us because western civilization is good in many ways you know you you, you go to some poor countries man it's hard to get anything done because nobody trusts each other in the west people generally trust each other and people generally don't want to fight so hopefully that cultural history works against this new psychosis of hating anybody that doesn't sound like you so we'll see time will tell
0: yeah, absolutely. And I agree with mo- most of those, pretty much all of, all of that perspective. It's going to be very interesting times. And the only way that this works is that if we harm each other, the challenge is it's if this divide and conquer is going to require me to protect myself from you. And uh, I've been bringing up this quote, and I'm going to keep doing it every single podcast uh, by Rudolf Steiner. Anything that seeks to restrict or bind, by definition, is Luciferian. So if you have a belief and it's the polar opposite of what someone else believes, that's fine. But if you are restricting or binding or enforcing it upon them and removing their free will choice, you're probably under hypnosis or brainwash or being used by some other force that's beyond you. And this propaganda is absolutely insane with what we're seeing out there. Um, you know, and so hopefully, hopefully, you know, it will move toward a solution. But I feel like we'll be the early adopters. And and what yeah. you said earlier about it being uncomfortable there there are many different theories about what's going on. But but a lot of people can see the writing on the wall and they're preparing. You've kind of been preparing for a while, and so. You know, if something happens, you're going to know how to stabilize. It's kind of like uh, if you go to Burning Man, they talk about self-responsibility. Be able to set your own stuff out so you're not taking from other people. You have food, water, shelter, Um, You have everything organized, but we don't – we forgot how to do that as a society, and that's a lot of what you teach. And so a lot of people are scrambling because they don't know how to grow food. They don't know how to survive. They don't know how to build a shelter. They don't know any of that stuff. And so um, I'd love for you to kind of give like a basics or some – resources or you know what does that average person do about uh you know getting some extra food or about if they're looking to get some land uh what are some of the things that they should look at doing or how do they start on this path because it it takes years of knowledge but people are are um required now to figure that out at an accelerated rate. And you kind of said that um, some of the land is getting bought up in British Columbia, calling them the, the COVID buyers. And uh, yep. you know, I know some people that bought land and my mom actually wanted to buy some land. I was like, we don't know how to garden, but at least we can opt out and then attract other people who have those same ideals, food, water, shelter, community, and opting yeah. out of that. Like whatever that totally. is, I'm just going to go the other way. And I'm going to put my faith in spirit, myself and my fellow man and other people who want to cooperate and figure this out together.
1: Yeah, well, I would say for starters, where you're coming from is actually the best place to start. Um, And I would say uh, connecting with, you know, one thing I've been saying to people lately is you should have five people in your immediate network. They're not online friends. They're people, you know, in your community There are people that if you called them and said, man, I need your help, they would drop everything to come and help you and you would do the same for them. If you should have, you should be thinking about who those five people are and you should be uh, coming up with a plan on a contingency plan of what to do. If X, Y, Z happens, I would say that's number one. I would say if you don't have any experience farming or anything like that, um or experience on the land to go out and buy land right now is a waste of time uh that is probably not going to be realistic for you however what are you good at and what do you do how can you contribute to somebody who is farming what can you do to bring value to them i think ultimately people need to and this is i think part of the new paradigm thinking is how do you create value in the world what do you do uh, to contribute because this idea of like this hippie commune that you just show up to and just sit around and smoke do bong hits all day there's there's no way that that's gonna that that's not gonna how ha- that's not how it works in times of scarcity um people who are dead weight are dead and so it, it, you know I, I hate to use harsh language and make it seem like it's that harsh but look at what's going on. If I would have said to you a year ago that we would be here today, you'd be like, there's no way. That's insane. That's a conspiracy theory. Look where we are. They're locking down. Look at Toronto. It's insane what they're doing to small businesses there. And the amount of people getting arrested. I mean, in Quebec, I, I have, I still have a lot of family and friends in Quebec because I lived there for 10 years. Uh, they've issued $7 million in fines for curfews. Like, this is absolute totalitarianism. So... Is it going to get worse? Most likely. Has it been getting worse? Yeah, look, look at the progression over the last six months. So I would say prioritize things, Uh, learn how to create value. Um, Some people are going to be uh, stuck in their situation in the city. And, you know, you should have a bug out bag. You should have at least seven days, at, at least seven days of food. So if the grid went down and say you were stuck in your apartment for seven days, you could eat and survive. Ultimately, I think everybody should have a year's worth of food stored at the least. But some people aren't in a position where they can afford to do that because that, that that's going to cost you a couple thousand dollars. But, um, you know, a bug out bag with like emergency supplies and things where if you had to just you had to leave your home immediately and you could you were going to run away somewhere, you had a bag of stuff that could you could survive with. And you can go in, online and look at uh, what a bug out bag is. Um I would say that's really important. Um, but you know, p- some people have different prepper strategies, you know, my strategy is to hunker down and build um, an ecological homestead. But it's taken me 10 years of working my ass off to have the resource and the skills to figure out how to do that. You know, that was my dream before I even became the urban farmer, because I started farming on land I didn't own. And I, I built a career uh, and a good business out of that. And uh, but that was my, that was my vehicle then to get me where i am today now i have the resources and the skills to do all these things mostly myself and so but most people don't do that i i would even say you know you, you said people forgot about these things and i agree in terms of history but most people never even knew we've had we've had two generations of people in in north american western society that are completely removed from the farm so it would have been so i'm 41 my great grandfather and my family is um, is very typical in Canada. When I was writing my book, I researched this in North American statistics. But my family was very atypical in the arc of uh, families being roofed from the farm. So my great grandfather was the last member in my family to actually live on a working farm. And so his, his my grandfather, his son did everything he could to get off the farm. And then my father, never even knew what farm life was like. So my grandfather had a memory of farm life when he was a kid, but he was gone by the time he was 16. And so most families in North America have that same lineage. So we're two generations removed from agriculture. And so that means that we don't have the sort of intrinsic ability to remember. Like, you know, if my, uh, if my grandfather were alive today, you could put him to task on a farm, and he could probably make way pretty quick. But most people today have no idea, especially city slickers. And and that's and, and I don't mean that term derogatory, because in a derogatory way, because I was a city slicker for a long time. For you know, at least uh, well, I lived in uh, in Ontario for two years. I lived in Montreal for ten years, so at least ten years I was a, a proper city slicker. And uh, it took me a long time to learn, and I I worked my ass off, and I suffered hard. But I but I also worked as a tree planter as a side hustle when I was funding my, my music career that I I knew how to work hard physically. But I didn't know anything about work in the land. I had to learn the hard way. And the, the problem is, is, you know, especially in the big cities, people are so entitled. And this has been one of the challenges that I had in my urban farming career because I'd spent, you know, many years teaching urban farmers. And that was mostly my focus when I started later in my career. I was mostly just focused on teaching market gardeners broadly in in a rural or urban setting it didn't matter but for the early part of my career as a teacher and author I was just teaching urban farmers so I was in big cities like Boston and San Francisco and, and San Diego and Seattle teaching urban farming workshops and the biggest challenge that urban farmers have is it's a very liberal scene. I hate to use left and right politics, but it's a very left-wing scene and people that come out of university with those ideologies don't know a damn thing about working hard and they don't want to work hard because they think Bernie Sanders is going to give them a free ride. Right. And so it's, it's really hard to find good people to do the work. And so my you know concern is, is that if we go into tough times you're going to get all these liberal type people exiting the big cities and they're going to run to the countries because they know somebody who has a farm or a homestead or whatever, and they're going to show up and they're going to be absolutely useless. They're going to be dead weight. And, and uh, like I said, dead weight is dead in times of scarcity. And so like, you know, I think like people could do a lot now, you know, and hopefully this whole thing doesn't take, hopefully this thing takes longer to, to roll out, then, then, I then it looks like it is. You know, maybe maybe we're gonna see a reprise, but from what I've been, when I've been watching the trends, you know, I, I, I really believe in the Hegelian dialect, dialectic, the problem, reaction, solution. They tell us all this stuff that causes the reaction and they sell you a solution, right? It's the same old scam. As I've been watching the headlines for the last year with this whole thing, it's like two steps forward, one step back, two steps forward, one step back, two steps forward, one step back. So it's not just the slow boiling frog in water anymore. It's more like turning the stove up to five and it's like medium boiling because <laughs> it's happening faster. And, but but it is amazing how quick people warm up to it. And that's the thing that is insane is like people are getting so used to the mask thing that, you know, they might tell you tomorrow that you don't need to wear a mask and people will still wear them. And so it's kind of, people are more brainwashed than I thought they were, needless to say.
0: Yeah. Well, again, I I agree with pretty much everything that you're saying there. And and my hope as well is that this either takes longer than the projections, but it's rolled out incredibly fast with almost no resistance. Now, luckily, our European friends are up in a frenzy. And that's one of the things that I like about the French people is that uh, they're funny and they're very particular in a certain way. But you don't mess with them. You know what I mean? You don't mess with the French and they stand up. And and, and in Canada, you kind of have the polar opposite. And you're correct that I was actually surprised because I've lost like, you know, a good chunk of my friends by sharing actual information that's true Absolutely. and verifiable oh, yeah. and like, no, we're not going to have any of that. Don't worry yeah. about you having this job or you interview experts around the world and do research all day while I work and just read headlines. You know, I'm I'm going to honor that by not even listening to a word you say. Um, but oh, yeah. that's part of that brainwash too, is you don't listen, you 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 reject it you get rid of it and one of the psychological yep. techniques that they do uh, to persuade people is like let's say they want to they want to impose a five percent tax on the people next year well first they start putting it out in the news and media and tv shows and things like that so they warm them up with the predictive programming then it actually happens and they say we're going to throw out a 10 percent tax right exactly. everybody loses their marbles over the 10 yep. percent. and you're like you know what We'll just make it five percent. then they and then they have exactly. the five percent, and everyone is like, "Oh, our government is so kind. And so it's it's a bit of a ridiculous scenario. When you see it, it's completely obvious. and you can only plant seeds for people who are not seeing it. And so the question that I kind of want to ask you is, if we're going to be move moving forward in this kind of time frame, Um, you touched a little bit about the food, um, but what are some of the, the skills or some of the things that you'd recommend to people that really are just looking at this, they're waking up and saying, okay, I I do need to figure out my own sovereignty. Um, part of that is understanding the law and how that works. And, uh, Cal Washington is a great resource. Uh, there's a YouTube channel. I just found out uh, Justinian deception. It's got a lot Mm -hmm. of, uh, playlists on it as well. And, uh, I think it's sovereignty FYI in the States. And so these groups are popping out to understand how this commerce is working. That's how they're getting us is we're agreeing to this through commerce. So we can opt out and you're afraid of the police officer who's representing a corporation. He's just making you an offer. He's just basically working for a pirate. And so you can learn how to not accept that offer. And the more of us that like send out these notice of liabilities when they come out and these other things, we might be able to just fire it off it and prevent this. It does seem like My hope is it's going to be a choice. You choose to opt into this situation that is obviously corrupt and harmful, or you choose to opt out. And I hope that if you choose to opt out, you're going to find a solution that is away from all of the chaos that people are going to be choosing to participate in because I think it's Mark Passio and one of, yeah, it's definitely him. And he said, uh, you know, it's order followers keep the system of slavery in place. It's not the ruling class. It's not the elite. It's people following orders and not questioning if they're right or wrong.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, I'm very familiar with Mark Passio's work. I've listened to hours of his stuff. Um, Yeah, I mean, one thing I would say to people... You know the, the the sovereign thing has been a long journey for me. It, it started it started in 2008 when I learned about the Federal Reserve, and then I kind of started learning about central banking, and then and then in 2016 I did my own real conditional acceptance that worked, and I was freaked out for six months that they were going to come back at me, and it didn't work, um, but they never did. Um, and I would say there's a lot of stuff out there you you need to be don't be quick to take action on certain things don't be quick to fire off notices um, because you can do the wrong thing there's a lot of wrong processes out there a lot of people talking common law right now common law is not the remedy do not do common law I'm not going to name names but anybody who's talking about common law and um, doing things that seem kind of radical, do not do that. Also, pick your battles. Um, you know a lot. You know the, the the whole free man movement, which was a term that's kind of been long abandoned. But you know, guys in Canada like Robert Bernard and and Dean Clifford was kind of put into that category. Though I know he had a lot of disagreements with guys like Rob Bernard. But they, you know, fighting cops uh, on on speeding tickets and stuff like that. Pick your battles who gives a shit pay the damn ticket you know there's 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 way more important things and i i would say it's at, above sovereignty um and this is one thing i say and it's why i called my podcast liberty on the land is that there's two types of liberty on the land there's a figurative um uh liberty on the land which is understanding your sta- your status and standing and understanding maybe some commercial remedies and things like that 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 get you out of situations or remove burdens and, and, and regulations. And then there's the literal liberty on the land, which is actually being on the land and and, and and taking responsibility for your food, water, energy, shelter, community, education of your children, all these fundamental things that that we need to live on this, in, on this earth. And I would say, and actually even a guy like Dean Clifford agrees with me on this wholeheartedly. Um, he expressed it in my podcast that I did with him, is that right now at this juncture, finding liberty on the land literally is more important than worrying about doing commercial battles with the system. Um, Sure, if if you're a business in Toronto and they're bringing down the hammer on you and this is literally how you pay your bills, there's some things you can look into that might help you. But it also looks like in Toronto, there's enough people that are just resisting it outright that uh, a good old fashioned, you know, consolidated resistance front is going to be something that gets some remedy. Uh, you know, you have to be careful, though, right? And you have to also think about your family and think about what's important, um, because nobody wants to go to prison, and I and I don't want anybody to go out and do radical things and get themselves in trouble because you can. Um, and you certainly, if you're hearing a lot of these things for the first time, and you and you hear me say things like, you know commercial remedy and a conditional acceptance and you go oh i'm just going to go do that well it's not that simple you know you need there's a lot of things you need to know um but i i would say more importantly um look at history and look at what's happened in the past and like we both have said in this podcast so far is that that the atrocities have always come from the other people that have dehumanized the other other people so there's the main majority and then there's the dehumanized minority. And that those minorities have existed as, as cultural groups, they've existed as economic groups, they've existed as racial groups. Doesn't matter. They've existed in, in our case, they've existed now now they're the the uh the public safety risk of people who are super spreaders or whatever the covidiots or whatever the latest thing they, they call us. Um that we mostly if you're looking to keep yourself safe then it's mostly just getting away from those people, unfortunately. And I don't mean to say those people to dehumanize them. I certainly don't mean that because everybody wakes up at a different time. You know, I don't. I have no animosity for people that are believing all this bullshit. Sometimes I get annoyed by them or frustrated from them. I think there's enough people in Kelowna that are res- resisting it now that it's not really a news story. If there's people walking around without masks. Like nobody really seems to care anymore but I but I don't I don't want to do what they do to us and dehumanize us because that can flip the other way around too. And the powers that be always want to seed those sow those seeds of discontent amongst the populace so that they sort themselves out because the thing that the, 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 these elites do operate under the laws of equity and they primarily do everything hands off they keep their hands clear. And that, that's actually another law of equity is, uh, is, 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 is the, uh, the maxim of clean hands in that in order to uh, get equity, which is, which there's, there's remedy in every type of legal uh, law through equity, through the maxims of equity is that they don't do the stuff. So they're not actually guilty. You, you were dumb enough to go for it and, and fall for it. And that's where this whole, the maximum of equity doesn't aid a volunteer comes from is that you volunteered. And, and when you really start to read statutes and acts, um, and I, I have obviously more experience with them in Canada than I do in the US, but I've also read the International Covenants. And they are very explicit about that is that everything is voluntary. And, you know, every single thing that government offers is a co- offer in commerce, and it is voluntary. You just, you, you can't just say that to a cop, though. And, th- and that's where I tell people, Pick your battles. Cause to go and argue with a cop, they're ignorant of this stuff. They don't know. Cops don't know anything about equity. They're just, they're just working stiffs, working a job. And 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 if you say the right things, they'll call their superiors and then and then that's where you might get some remedy. But I would say it's not worth fighting cops over little things like that. Pay the damn fines. Who cares? But well, I mean, when it comes down to the restaurants, though, that are getting closed. And those insane fines for gathering publicly, that's ridiculous. And there's all kinds of commercial remedy there because the charter, you can even use the charter and that, and that's where like guys like Cal, uh, have really figured these things out Is they actually just understand the system on how it works. And when you can figure these things out from a principled level, you can start to see how they operate and you see patterns and so like, I remember the, the first the first statute or act that I really spent a lot of time on was the Agricultural uh, Land Commission Act of 1971 in Canada. And that was the first one that really opened my eyes. And I started to see patterns of how these things operate. And I've read about a hundred of them since. And now I, I'm at a point where I can read a, a Canadian act and I can go, I can pretty much find the remedy right away because I know where they put it. And it usually just comes down to understanding the definitions of these things and how they 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 trick you with definitions that you think there's a word in there that's commonly used. Like for example, uh, in the Agricultural Land Commission Act, they use the word "person." It is defined as includes a First Nations government. And so, it's, what is that? Uh, because in the maxims of of the uh, the legal maxims, the word "includes," the base the base of the root of that word is "inclusio." It means the inclusion of one is the exclusion of everything else. And so whenever you see the word includes used in a legal document, it means that and only that. So like another example, a common one that I refer to is the definition of Canada in the Interpretations Act of Canada. It says Canada includes the internal and territorial waters of the landmass known as Canada or the the nation known as Canada. Uh, they don't say anything about Canada is British Columbia, Alberta, Saskatchewan, Brom, nothing, none of that. And even in the definition of province, they define provinces: Northwest Territories, Yukon, and um, none of it—not BC, Alberta, Manitoba, Saskatchewan. Why? It's 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 a it's a total mind bend. But once you start looking at these things, you can see the patterns, and you can find a lot of solutions in those.
0: Oh, man. Well, you, you brought up so many important things there. Uh, one of the people that I'm going through this, uh, the law with, he he quotes the Bible a lot. And he says, go to peace, right? Always go to peace. You know what yeah. I mean? And so that's, that's so important for how we're going to learn to deal with this. And another thing that you're suggesting is saying, hey, just because you hear these things, don't go out and do it right away. Um, yeah. Like you might, and you could use the example of like, um, uh, martial arts, you know, it's like, oh, I've learned that I can defend myself this way. But if you never yeah. tried it, you might get your butt kicked right away. It's going to take exactly. a bit of time or something more serious about um, survival like into the wild he knew what he was doing um, but he still ended up uh, getting harmed so for survival skills and things like that yes there is a possibility where you uh, have an adept level of knowledge to survival, do these things and all that kind of stuff, but it's going to take some time. And so, you know, with the tickets, um, yeah, like don't, you don't need to fight with the officer. You just need to know what the remedy is after. You know, exactly. you can conditionally accept the offer then right, rescission are all these other ways because you're going to be dealing with the courts. And once you have that knowledge, it's not them. They don't know. They're the, yeah. they're the front. So you can, you can have that knowledge for the next step. And the more you have this level of empowerment, the more you can make uh, better choices and go to peace and, um and make a good decision for yourself and family and uh well there's always less-
1: 72 hours to remedy yeah. anything right that's universal in law so you can get a ticket take the ticket whatever you got
0: 72 hours to remedy it so always. Ex- Exactly. And there is a way that, I, that I'm finding that like, if you don't go in their jurisdiction, it's just going to be null and void and you don't have to pay it. It's, uh, you know, it's so just like with the quarantine camps, Uh, you know, some people in, in Australia through Mark Patelic, you know, they didn't have to quarantine. They, they knew the steps to go through without conflict, right? Not conflict, not getting aggravated or putting these like statutes up that have no jurisdiction. It doesn't matter in that jurisdiction. You're like, oh, shoot, you were in the wrong place. It doesn't matter here, but you can move another way um, have that knowledge and actually get a result. And that's the important thing too. If you're learning from these people, do they have results in the real world? Well, and that's, that's very, that's, very important, right? You that don't is want to very be very important.
1: To- oh my, yeah. there's so many remedy gurus out there. Um, and what a, a big problem I've found. And I, I've spent, I would say at this point, thousands of hours, I'm not 10,000 hours yet. I'm not at a level of mastery, but I've, but I've spent thousands of hours researching. I've spent money on things like I, I've on my law, my law library is getting quite big. You know, I've spent a lot of time and resources on these things. And one thing I've found that happens with remedy gurus across the board, whether they're offering remedy in some kind of ecclesiastical remedy, common law remedy, even commercial remedy, they um they often use the people they're helping as guinea pigs to test certain remedies. And so they'll like, you know, you'll have one guru that's helping like 10 people. And and then and, and it's always a key man thing with these people, which is which is risky, because if it's a key man thing, and it's like one guy, 20, 30 people are waiting on one guy to read through their letter responses, and then respond and all that. That's a problem. That's a problem in any kind of business situation as well. Um, but they often are writing out remedies and saying, Okay, file this file that blah, 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 blah. And they're trying different things with different people and seeing if they get different results, which is you know, which is smart in a way of trying things is like, okay, yeah, you try this, you try that. But a lot of, a lot of people that are doing this stuff aren't fully disclosing to their paid customers, if you will, that, that, that's what they're doing. And I, I've witnessed that and it's, it's risky. And you know what, I'll, I'll tell you, Matt, like I've, I've really went a year ago when I really went deep with this stuff. So this, this was before the Rona, it was, um, in October of uh, 2019, I got deep into it. And I started looking at a a particular process, I don't want to get too deep into it. But I started going through a particular process and was going at it and was really committed. And I wanted to go all the way to the end, I call it going to the gates, like going all the way to the gates of heaven or hell. And okay, here I am, like, where's my status now kind of thing. I actually stopped all that stuff. Because Once the Rona started, I was basically like, I think having my land set up and having being self-sufficient and being more prepared for the zombie apocalypse is better than writing notices and serving affidavits. Because when, you know, there's there's accumulation of, of a lot of factors right now that are happening that are all kind of coming together. They're coalescing. And, 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 and the, the the Great Reset and the New World Order are just the ones that you hear about the most, but the ones you don't hear about are uh, agricultural production is significantly down across the world. There's food shortages all over. There's energy shortage. Like this blackout in Texas right now is a real deal. Like there's all kinds of other things right now that I think are all intentionally caused by the, the world elite that want to basically just stir the pot and just burn it all down on their way to their bedroom like a, a screaming little toddler throwing a temper tantrum. That, that's how I see them right now. And uh, and there's a lot of things that are gonna be more of an issue than you serving an affidavit to your local premier or prime minister or whatever, um, that you're you're probably better off looking at your food security and what your survival plan might be. And I, and I, I encourage people to get out of the major cities. Um, there, there's there's a lot of good small towns in Canada. That, that you know, the, I don't know if the majority of no, I think the majority of the population in Canada live in the in the major cities like Vancouver, Toronto, Calgary, Winnipeg, Montreal. Um, but you know, I would I would get out of those places if if I had the ability to. Uh, I would. My cousin just did it. I, I I warned her. I was I was in, I was in Toronto right before it really got heavy. But I was in Toronto last February, uh, I believe it was the 19th or so of February, and I and I saw what was going on. And um, I didn't totally the the Great Reset thing wasn't fully apparent then. um, But I could see that there was accumulation of events that I've been talking about for a long time. And I said to my cousin, get out. Like, what are you doing here? Uh, She got out. She got out. She went to a smaller town in Southern Ontario. She's way nicer, way better. People are way more friendly. Um, you know, you don't have to get out of all cities. Like, I, frankly, I think Kelowna here will be one of the last places that could get bad because there's a lot of people here that won't accept this new normal and won't accept the paradigm when, when it, if, it, if it comes to the point, like it's outlined in this uh, liberal email, this LPC leaked email, that by the end of this year, it's going to be that you there's going to be the, what they call a the Canada health pass, which is just this vaccine ID. And so you're going to need that to do a lot of things, go into grocery stores and whatever. And so that is, you know, being in a bigger city where there's longer lineups to get into places and there's more, there's more complacency and there's more conformity Um, I would not want to be there for that. I mean, you probably have a better chance surviving in a smaller town where people are more connected to the land. Because one thing I've observed in my travels around the world and working with farmers all over the world is that it's a generalization and against a broad generalization, but it it is one that people in the country are more uh, libertarian and generally want less to do with the government and people in the city are generally more liberal and want more to do with the government. And there's a lot of reasons why that is, but it's true. And so the cities, if, if, if you want to be forced into compliance, stay in the big cities. If you want to have more options, get out of the big cities.
0: Yeah, again, I, I 100% agree. And one of the things that I, I wanted to touch on that you said before is about the group psyche. Um, you know, with when you look at psychological operations, they know one-on-one psychology, but they also are aware of group psychology. And Darren Brown does a really great experiment where he has people make these choices and they're wearing masks. And uh, what happens is the group, they have—they can do something for this person they think is real, like it's a real person and they get to affect this guy's decisions, right? And gradually what happens is the group becomes more and more kind of sadistic. You know what I mean? And so you have this mob mentality, this group think, and they become violent and angry. And that's just what happens. That They kind of like go into a frenzy if you will you know what i mean and it's a very important uh thing to understand of how people react and what you're talking about is where you put your time energy and attention right what is where's the most valuable place you can put your time energy attention and resources to look at what's going on and and where are the solutions and where can you focus um because if you were you know you know, I just I actually was thinking this like, uh, you know, during World War Two. And I just imagine like the Austrian Alps and I don't know how it was there. But if you had like a little ranch on the side of a mountain, you, you might have never known it was going on. Absolutely. You know what I mean? and, and you're and, just and, like, I, I'm totally cool. Oh, yeah. And if you if you go and listen
1: to uh, people in history talk about that stuff, generally speaking, the people in the country barely knew what was going on. So, yeah, for, for sure. Um and uh, yeah i was i was going to make a point about the groupthink thing but i i kind of lost my train of thought but yeah and uh that's you know i'm doing a talk in vancouver next week actually at the uh the freedom rally there and that's going to be part of what i tell people is why are you guys still here like i'm i'm happy that you're here here to listen to me talk <laughs> but why are you here like this this is not going to go well because that's where it, it all comes down to energy and force really in that the government you know from, from a really simple standpoint uh, of just like looking at the government objectively all government is is a monopoly on the use of force that's that's terminology that's used in the sort of anarcho-capitalist uh, circles guys like Mark Pasio talked about this it government is just violence and because they can commit violence and you can't right so a cop can come and kick your door down and kick the shit out of you kidnap your kids and no legal repercussions for him but you take all the legal liability and, and responsibility and a lot of that has to do with who we are as persons too as, as trustees and not beneficiaries but that's a, another subject for another time a deeper one perhaps but you know um so the force of the system is always executed in the areas that it's most concentrated and so if you don't want to be under the thumb of the government go to a place where there's less cops it's that simple and most cops are in big cities like the the new place that that we're at there's one police officer spanning a 200 kilometer area so it's like how are they going to exercise force in that way then 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 they would in the city and so you know a a lot of people ask me like well aren't they going to come and steal everybody's land and maybe but just think about that from a resource management perspective it's it's easier to do that in the cities where you can where where there's like you know 50 cops on duty at any given time and they can exercise a lot of force at once and they can kick somebody out of their home but people in the country that are all spread around it just comes down to resource and time management. Like how difficult is that to sp- send those cops around to do that? And and to be honest, there's not a lot of cops in Canada. There's not that many here. So there's, and there's, but there's a lot of space. Like Canada is a massive geographical area. And so is the United States, despite the population being 10 times larger than ours, but it still is. And so there's a lot of areas that um, people could get out to. And, and then some people might listen to what I'm saying and say, well, everybody can't do that. And that's right everybody can't, but everybody won't. It's probably out of the 150 people that are watching this stream right now, it's probably one person that'll actually do it. So the message isn't for everybody, because everybody won't act. The message is for those who want to act and want to do something. And, and I've totally um, sort of given up on trying to convince the masses of anything. I don't, I don't care about what the masses do. I only care about what, the tiny minority of people do who are going to be movers and shakers. And I think just like any movement, uh, it's people that are just willing to put skin in the game, take massive amounts of risk and do it and, and also uh, take responsibility for themselves and, be, and, and extend that responsibility beyond themselves into their greater community. Those are the people that will lead the charge. Those are the people that will do the majority of what needs to be done. But you don't want to be waiting for somebody else's solution and this is a a big problem that i've had with the sort of you know the QAnon movement and all that with in in the truther movement is this whole idea of like trust the plan you know trump's got it all dialed in he's going to figure it all out he's going to come back on march 4th it's like dude if you're waiting for that reality don't hold your breath because these people have been let down the whole time and uh that's most likely not going to happen, and so you're going to have to take responsibility for yourself, and that means just like pulling up the bootstraps and doing it. And it's not easy, but what's the alternative? Because if you wait until it gets too difficult to leave, you're not leaving. So it, whenever when when it gets to the point where everybody gets woke, I call it getting woke with your pants down, is like everybody gets
0: <laughs> everybody
1: gets woke at the last minute, and that that will happen. It will happen that when the boot of the state is on your neck, now you see it. Well, too late, dude. You didn't see it three years before it was happening or when you should have seen it. Now you want to get out of the city. Now the 401, the 407 are completely gridlocked and nobody's getting out. So it's like, do you want to have, do you want to suffer some short-term pain now? Uh, in exchange for some long-term comfort or do you want to take the risk of waiting until the last moment when everybody wants to get out because they will like there will be a mass awakening i know there will be because there's no way that this system can keep doing the things that they're doing and not piss a lot of people off like look at the amount of dislikes like anytime the world economic forum or whatever they put a video up on youtube it has like 99 dislikes right it's like people don't like this shit and and they're and they're gonna wake up. But unfortunately, all the people that are on the fence right now, like they could be literally everybody who's listening to the stream right now is is woke to what we're talking about. Uh, but they won't actually wake up when it matters. And that means taking action. And so if you're if you're going to be getting woke when everybody else is getting woke, you're not doing anything like you're stuck. And that's that's going to suck because that's literally that's like what all these zombie apocalypse movies have been telling us for years. It's like, you know, you you see these like drone images of these like massive freeways that are just completely gridlocked. That's they're telling you something there. Like if you wait to the last minute, that's what it's going to look like.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And again, a lot of really great points. And the one thing that I've kind of thought of and and had discussions about is like, all right, you've got the big cities. Those are the places that are the least ideal. Um, Canada and US are massive land masses with lots of space to kind of um, leave and do your own thing. And if you think about it, what they're actually trying to do, if it is a... uh, you know, at the root of it, a luciferian deceptive system that requires our consent. Well, what they do is they, they say, well, you know what, um, the, the vaccines are mandatory, but you can't shop because you don't have any reliability or self-responsibility. That's right. That's when you get in a bad situation because yeah. you have not empowered yourself, um, to be able to take care of yourself. Right. So the state, um, can, helps and takes care of, takes care of you, uh, for you, you know, and, uh, I think in, uh, Again, a lot of the stuff with the uh, the law it goes back to the Bible as like the contract, 100%. the sixteen eleven King James Bible, which is r- really fascinating thing to to discover. But it says that you can't serve two masters. That's right. And one of them is the government, and one of them is is God, the Creator, and you have uh, inalienable rights as a as a person on this land. And so if you move. Away from these big cities and you had your land. And yeah, maybe they come and try to get you, but the resources it takes, then you can defend your land and your way out. They're going to be managing for years all exactly. the people in the city that they're doing this to that are opting in. Even that amount of manpower is going to be intense. It is. And yeah, I like to I like to go on the optimistic side of uh Cal having like the system, you know, crumble its on its head with enough people gaining knowledge that you know stops these like because if you look at like even the canadian and around the world you can tell these people are evil you know what i mean these totally. politicians like they're 100%. evil then they put down uh even and i have firsthand knowledge of ontario and and nurses and stuff and saying look nurses are good you know and a good amount of you, even the police are good but yes. then you go up a level and then up a level and then the higher up you go they get more and more sketchy oh, Why yeah. is that? Why is it at the top? You know, you look at you look at that. We and I found out there's real politicians like that Pierre Poivre guy, whatever guy's legit asking some questions. And what elusive, and then you know this from law, right? They never answer a question. And he goes, Yes or no, Christia Freeland, or whatever these these evil people are. It's like you guys, you know, back in the day would be taken out, right? It's like the people, there's there's millions of us, and we're like, we're just gonna let them do whatever they do because they have these paid for. Um, commercial agents of police, you know, that are protecting this whole entire charade. But uh, I don't even know if that's the right way to pronounce well, it. No, well, no, no,
1: yeah, yeah, well, there's two ways to pronounce it.
0: But yeah, totally. <laughs> and, and and
1: and and that's. I, I hope more people. Like, I honestly, I feel like if you're not awake to the fact that politics is a complete waste of time at this point, I don't know how to help you <laughs> because anybody who's wasting time on the political process at this point, I think is completely wasting your time. You'd, Shouting at CTV being like, you'd, this you'd, is
0: unreasonable. Yes, that's, that's not where thing. you're going to find the solution. Well, and yeah. and, that,
1: and that's what I I, I I try to say people uh, t- to as well, as I say, like, don't don't waste your time in politics. Don't waste your time on anybody who's not on your wavelength. Like. Do not be fighting with people about mask mandate. Do not waste your time on sheep. And I don't mean to use that term derogatory, I just use it to illustrate the point. Don't waste your time on people who aren't with you. Focus your time on people who share your values because in tough times like this, you need every ounce of good vibes as you can get. And if you're out there and you're wasting time on social media, blathering back with the latest idiot who wants to call you a tinfoil hatter or whatever, waste of time, focus your energy on things that yield a return, you know, that's one of the um, principles of permaculture is establish a yield. And so you know, and, 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 and permaculture people often have to be reminded of that because they often spend their times on like herb spirals and keyhole gardens and doing all these like crazy design things that don't really have that much of a net benefit. Whereas just like getting some stuff growing and getting a yield from that crop it's important to think about everything in life that way. That like what what you put in, that you should be at least getting that out. Hopefully more. If you if you set yourself up to be uh, producing enough value in the world and doing enough win win, that you know you're getting more than what you're putting in. But that that's the thing right now in this toxic environment of uh, of political polarization and dehumanization of the other it's more important than ever to focus on the people that we love and surround ourselves with people who share our values and don't worry about the rest. And I do with Cal that this thing is all coming down. I truly believe on a spiritual, very deep level, that everything that this Luciferian system, this cabal has set up is collapsing. And I believe in history, it's always been that way. And that these cycles go, we, we go through these cycles, they're kind of like, either they're downward spirals or they're upward spirals. We can, we can invert them either way, but, but, um, the, the, the system is, is ending and we just have to get out of the way. It's like a train going off the edge. Just jump off the train and let it go. And, and, and don't worry about saving what we thought the world should be. It's going to be different. But I think, I think in the, in the short term is in the next five to 10 years, what we're going to have to do to see this through to the other end is we're going to have to form private societies with people that share our values. We're going to have to create networks of people that 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 offer every product and service that you take for granted and that means getting things off Amazon or even buying things at the farmers market. You know, not that those are one and the same, they're polar opposites, but I'm I'm saying that anything that you don't produce yourself or you don't have a direct connection to and know that individual who produces that thing you better start thinking about that. And so that's what I would say that's even more important than say learning to farm right now cuz like I said getting woke with your pants down is going to be a tough ride you probably trip over your pants right? And so you need you, you need to you know start start looking at things more seriously uh, as solutions for now. And so that's you're probably better off developing relationships with farms and going and say offering uh you know uh, t- to pay up front for for a guarantee of things and and starting to think about and, and none at this point it's not even starting to think about it. it's you need to do this shit like you you should have a lot of food stored you should have you know you need you need to take responsibility beyond yourself because you're gonna have some people in your life that are gonna need your help and you're and 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 and, and i'm sure anybody who's watching your channel isn't the kind of person that's gonna leave those people out to dry Right, You're, we're all going to have to contribute to to help people that we love and help those that that don't have the ability to take care of themselves. Right, that's just that's who we are, try to be is good people on this earth, and that's that's coming. And and like I said, I hope I'm wrong, and 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 I I I, I do agree with Cal, and Cal and I do talk a lot, and I'm very uh, familiar with his perspective on things, and I agree with him. I just think it's going to take longer than than he thinks i think there's going to be a five to ten year, like we're this is going to be multiple years i think this whole rona hoax thing they're going to run this for at least another year they're going they need to get people used to these conditions they need to get people used to just living in lockdown being forced to do things that are ridiculous it's like the proverbial two plus two is five you need you need to have your brainwashed population all say two plus two is five so that you know you've got them and that's what the mask represents in my opinion it's just a proverbial two plus two is five it doesn't make any sense that the data on it is completely out there uh it's out in the open but people still do it and they do it without question and so that's the government telling you that to say two plus two is five and you go okay two plus two is five it doesn't matter that you don't believe it all that matters is that you say it and if they can get you to say it, what else can they get you to do, say or do? And then that's just another incremental thing where they're going to keep pushing this. And so I'm I'm optimistic for the long term and I'm optimistic for people who are taking action. I think like, I'm sure as hell glad I don't live in a big city and I, and I haven't waited because like, man, this it, it could happen real quick. But one thing I will say on, on an optimistic side is that Usually in history, these things don't just, the hammer just doesn't come down and like, boom, we're in a full-blown police state. It usually doesn't happen that way. Usually there's a lot of signs along the way. If people are paying attention to those signs, then good. Um, But I think... It, it, it's going to come out on a rolling basis where it's like, it's going to look really bad in Winnipeg and it's going to look really bad in Toronto. And then it's going to, it's kind of spread around. And then, then it's like two steps forward, one step back. It's like you said earlier that if they want to get you to pay 5% tax, they overpromise and underdeliver right? That's a marketing tactic too. And so they do that through propaganda. And so I still think it will be, I don't know when this great reset thing is going to happen. According to the LPC leaked email, they say the IMF debt relief program, Is by the end of the year, and I don't know if those things are one and the same. But I do know that, like in Kelowna, where I presently am at the moment, I have a lot of friends, and I know a lot of people who are rich. There's a lot of rich people here, and they're sure as hell not going to take the offer to get a vaccine to shop at Home Depot. They're going to say screw you, and they're going to figure something else. So. That I'm optimistic that there's going to be a lot of people call it at least in Kelowna, 10% of people will say, absolutely no way will I do that. And so that's good. But in the bigger cities where you have more of a polar, you have like way more people, you have way more have nots versus way less haves. That's where it can get dangerous because that's where the the, the, the people who need resources from the government can be basically commanded to jump one way or the other and go and execute the deplorables, you know, and and hopefully, fingers crossed that that it doesn't get that way. But, you know, I'm a student of history. and, And in history, we've seen all this stuff before.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Cycles and, and way back in history, too. And I'm reminded of that Buckminster Fuller quote You don't build the, the new world or something like You don't build the new by fighting the old, you, or you don't change the world by fighting the old. You do it by building the new. And that's where yeah. we need to um, put our energy and What are these solutions? And absolutely. what the world is offering is an opportunity to build a solution. And what you need is a few people. You don't need every single person. And the more time you spend trying to wake people up, fight the system, didn't you see this? Didn't you see that? okay, you're seeing it and you can only plant a seed. Now, what are those solutions? How are you going to set yourself up? Because you know, I've heard anywhere that this could be a two-year thing and maybe there's a spiritual awakening and everybody just says, screw this, like they did in Italy. Everybody just opened up, you know what I mean? Maybe in these other countries, we're going to have this spiritual pulse, this consciousness, this force of the universe or even God that comes in and wakes us up and says, no more, right? We are going to stop. Oppressing other people because people in power are telling us to be afraid and oppress other people. We're going to take responsibility for ourselves and make sure our actions are helpful and beneficial to mankind. And we're going to stop all this crap. Let's hope so. But if it doesn't go that way, and it's maybe five years or seven years or 10 years, the more that you see it coming and you just keep positioning yourself for the solution, it's not going to be as painful. It's just like if you go snowmobiling. Out in uh, Whistler, British Columbia, the more prepared you are, uh, the better off you're going to be. If you don't have the right tools, if you don't have the right information, if you don't have the right knowledge, you could be in a very dangerous situation very quickly. But with the right Right. knowledge, with the right preparation, with the right understanding, um, you're going to be okay. Same like if you go out in the cold. You know, you go out in the cold in your underwear, unless you're Wim Hof, you might have a little bit of an issue. And so the more we prepare and the more that we find those like-minded people, they're going to be – Supportive, and that's what I, I feel like is going on. Is like this old system, if you knew it, a lot of people with this quote unquote awakening, um, they're talking about the you know, the rona. And it's like one of the first things that I said is like, okay, we got the flu going around. Um, and it's like, oh, okay, let's just say it's the most dangerous aggressive flu there ever was, just for those types of people, it's so dangerous. That doesn't even come close to the 9.1 million people dying of starvation. That doesn't even come close to the 20 to 40 million people in human trafficking as far as numbers and atrocity and solution as far as the, the starvation goes. So what is actually going on here? This system needs to stop. And we need to stop participating in it, extend yep. our compassion to all of humanity, right? Empower ourselves and take care and responsibility for ourselves. Cause we want to save everyone. If you have a good heart. And right now it's a save yourself. Right. And that's the thing with the, the Q and on and all that kind of stuff. Like I followed it, um, not Q in particular, but the theories that they had, yeah, right. Cause then, it's like 4chan. I'm like, I hope so. Right. Hope but, so then, too. Yeah. But, but the thing is though, then all of a sudden I, I, promise you if it just went back to normal nobody would change it everybody would re-participate that's the problem immediately
1: that's the problem and 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 that's where i so like my my spirituality is rooted in an idea that that we are all part of the creator and that we are all part of god and i don't i don't um subscribe to the christian belief that you need christ to get to god i believe that God is direct to us. Christ was just a messenger. And I, I think, in my opinion, I don't mean to infe- offend a lot of Christians, but there's a lot of grabblerness in that, in that the, the elite, they always create middlemen and they always create ways around things to get you away from, to steer you just slightly away from the truth, because that's all they have to do. You know, if if you need a bullseye to get into the gates of heaven, they don't need to turn you on a 90 degree path, they just need to steer you like 5% and you're not there. And so you'll do run running around the berry bush your entire life trying to figure out where you are. But I think fundamentally, it comes down to the fact that we are the ones we've been waiting for. And if we're waiting for a spiritual revolution, in that, okay, if I just go to this yoga retreat this week, and and I and I only hang out with woke people that have woke conversations, I'll be okay. No, it means you taking responsibility and getting your hands dirty and doing the shitty work that needs to be done. But I can tell you, somebody who's d- shoveled a lot of shit and done a lot of shitty work as a farmer, I can tell you that <laughs> that that you, <laughs> that you that you that o- you that you only have to start. It's the the starting is the hardest part, you know. And you you go and do a really crappy job and you think about, man, I got to schlep all this compost today or whatever. The hardest part is just. Getting started in the morning and getting out there, but once you get out there and you start doing it, you actually find you have you're having a lot of fun. But you really, you really need to do it with other people too, and and that's just the reality because we don't all have a ton of resources that we can just go and build these like amazing off grid homesteads. Like most people don't have the ability to do that, but there are a lot of people that are doing things that are almost just as good. I'll give you one example. So in my in my um, my membership from the field .TV, we, I do these Q&As each week, where members submit questions, and they, they're often talking about things that they're doing. And every single week, I'm hearing from people that are doing what I've been advising people to do for years, which is instead of trying to buy land and build a homestead, go and lease some land. And I did it here in Kelowna, I, I, like I own land too, I own my home, I own this 40 acres, but I also lease a half acre on a a friend of mine's farm because we started a cooperative farm and I'm hoping this can be a model that people can look at, but we're growing a ton of food on that property. We don't own the land. We all invested a little bit of money to put the infrastructure in, but we didn't have to buy the land and we can do it. And I I started my entire farming career that way. I started farming in people's yards and, and, and doing it that way. The important thing is that you do it. The important thing is that you start doing something. And I'm not suggesting everybody has to be an agrarian. I'm not suggesting that we go back to a, to a world where everybody has to farm. That's just not realistic. Division of labor is a good aspect of sort of the, the post-industrial world that we live in. And, and that's just where we are anyway. So to go back to where everybody's an agrarian is just not technically possible because then a lot of services and uh, things that we depend on wouldn't we wouldn't be able to get. And we need people to specialize, but fundamentally, we need more people to get involved in the fundamentals of what we need to survive. And my friend Rob calls them the four nexuses of human survival. And these are sort of the four immediate ones because there's other ones that are very important, but food, energy, water, and shelter, a human being cannot live without those things. And so those are fundamental, of course, community, spirituality, Um, There's education, there's, there's all so many other things that are very important there as well. But those four things, you cannot live without, especially in Canada, especially energy, you cannot live without energy. So you have to have those things. And so if people don't really start figuring out how they have those without the corporate system looking after them, they're going to be in trouble
0: yeah absolutely. And I'm reminded of going to the Parliament of World Religions with a Native American friend of mine. and uh, you know, there's two hundred and twenty religions represented. And one of the things he said is, and one of the things that dawned on me as well is like, you don't need a middleman to God. You don't need a middleman to the creator. We all have that connection. And what many of the religions do, um, while there's a lot of truth in in, in all of them, um, there just needs to be a little bit of a distortion. And one of the most powerful hypnotic techniques to persuade and to lead is to give 90 to 95% truth. And then you distort it just a little bit. And now yep. you've let them. And this is something that's happened over time. And, you know, I had, uh you know, some, some people that follow the show. And, you know, I'm, I guarantee I've offended every single religion that is out there because I am for the truth. I'm not saying any religion is fully right or fully wrong. And when I see something that I don't agree with, I'm going to call it out. Like when we learn that the Catholic Church, um, you know, basically imposed all the, you know, uh, Catholic churches on the Native American communities and did a lot of harm. Is that true or not true? Well, it's true. Now, does that mean every Catholic person is terrible? Absolutely not. not. Of course not, right? It doesn't mean the same thing. But we just got to look at the systems and what that information is. and, And is there an available upgrade of truth? right? You know what I mean? And, and we can look at what's going on with the, you know, human trafficking and all that kind of stuff. It's just a different thing. We want to we get to the truth and be and allow someone else to totally have their belief and experience because we don't know. We don't know what that ultimate truth is at the end of the day, but we do know that there are people who want to mislead and they they want to um, do things that are not of benefit to other people. And that's where we need to really be clear about what our values are. Um, and how we want to act, because if that belief like, you know, like one of the basic ones is like, OK, we, we believe we need money to survive. Well, if you're in a job right now, um, whether it's police, whether it's nursing, whether it's uh, doctors and it's going against your integrity, you might have to make that tough choice of quitting. Like my friend of mine, uh, uh, Dr. P- Pierre Theriault, is a doctor mm-hmm. out of Quebec. Uh, Thirty eight years in medicine quit because he had to speak the truth about what was going on. Yeah, he, it, it went against his integrity too much. Right, And so that is a very tough choice. Not everybody can make that choice. Um, but uh, but just following orders is not going to be good enough if you're put in a position where you're not thinking for yourself or you see it's like causing harm. You're choosing that. It doesn't matter that you have a family or whatever. Um, that just makes the decision harder for you. You know what I mean? It doesn't, it doesn't say that it's not going to be okay. You know, it's like uh, the Khmer Rouge and what what happened in Cambodia, just because you had a family doesn't mean you side with the government and then slaughter your neighbors, you know, with machetes against the tree. That's not an excuse. I understand it to a degree, but what choice are you going to be on in your level of being? And I feel like with what we're saying it seems terrifying because i've seen what the terrifying outcome is and what they want to do with the you know crash in the financial markets and the cryptocurrency and you know the one world currency and all that kind of stuff and i also see beautiful solutions popping up from from people who are awake to under what's going on and aware to what's going on and one of the examples i've been saying it's like the will and spiritual power and strength to protect is 10 or a hundred times as powerful as the strength to oppress. So if you think about war, or whatever, if, if you've got one uh, group of people um, that are basically going to war and the one side is trying to oppress the other side, well, all you need to do is uh, if you're on the side of protection, that, that level of strength, that level of power that level of will is going to be so much greater right than the people who are in the other side like in their conviction of like oh am i going to try to oppress this person this person they don't they're not they're not standing in truth or integrity they're they're a little bit off center they're they're not grounded but when you know when you're in truth and you're in your own integrity and you're protecting your family and your friends that will of force is so much stronger so that will of force can be can be used to create food water shelter can be used to create, you know, peacefully, right. To go to peace every single time to go to peace, please let us move this way. This is where we're going. We want nothing to do with you. We want nothing to do with that contract. We're going to move over here. And that's uh, something we can either move to willingly or we can do kicking and screaming and then possibly be harmed because we didn't want to make those choices. We couldn't let go. And it's almost like, uh, you know, being pulled by a horse, you know, just let go. You can stop getting pulled by the horse that is causing you damage and then stand up and then look around and be like, all right, I'm going to go over here now. (laughs) And uh, you know, I'm just going to do this and and start from there, but it's, it's not an easy thing, but it might be a necessary thing.
1: Well, yeah. And, and yeah, I totally agree. I mean, the, the beauty is is we have the truth on our side and I, I do believe there is a correlation between the God and truth and the logos. And it's so powerful. And, um, you know my friend Owen Benjamin has had an amazing uh tweet that got him kicked off twitter but it was it's an example of how truth cuts through everything and it and is amplified beyond anything that all the the elites can put their resources into and he had this tweet on uh on twitter and he said how can Caitlyn Jenner be a woman of the year when she hasn't been woman for a year and it was it was like it was just you know cut through so much shit got shared millions of times and it's painfully true politically incorrect as it is um but hilarious because <laughs> that, you know it's just an example of how effective the truth is and and that's what's happening now and and that's why like you know there's almost like this there's a massive cognitive dissonance happening amongst the general population and they've been living with it for about a year cuz i think even i think a lot of people even after the first two weeks to flatten the curve thing, they were like, "Come on now, really? Like, are you serious?" And that, and then six months in, and and then a summer of wearing masks and people at the beach going for jogs wearing masks and people, and more people are just like, "Really? Are you serious?" And and I think I I do believe that most people who are wearing masks don't buy into it. They're just going along to get along because they just it's it's practical for them, and that's how they've always lived their lives. But, you know, it's like what you, what you were talking about, you know, Cambodia and stuff like that. And, and, you know, even out of Nazi Germany, the Nuremberg trials and in the Nuremberg Code, uh, if you read it, it doesn't excuse, their, the, you do not get off by saying I was just doing my job. Like that doesn't fly. And that goes right into international law. And so all these people that are doing, that might commit atrocities and are even doing some really nasty things to others, because they thought it was right that that doesn't matter and 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 hopefully history is on our side on this i think i like i said though i think it's going to take time i i think this is a long game i ultimately what what we're looking at here is agenda 2030 and this ultimately this comes down to that document that started with agenda 21 that i believe came out of the rio de janeiro summit in the early 90s that where they drafted the first sort of idea of global sustainability which is I'm all about sustainability, but I think I like the term regeneration better. Um, it, but uh, it's just it's just green fascism or communism. And uh, Agenda 2030 is the new game. It's the update, and it's the surveillance state. And you know all these documents are out there. That none of this stuff is conspiracy theory. I mean, the the our our critics love to call us conspiracy theorists because that dehumanizes us, right? And and that and that's their tactic when you don't have an argument. It's the Saul Alaninski tactic, the book Rules for Radicals. And he and he lays all that out. Just go at the individual. Don't attack the argument. Attack the man. Attack the person. And that's what they do. And that's what the, that's what the modern left has learned to do very well. I think mo- pe- most people have a head on their shoulders can see through that tactic because we've had four years of, of Trump where the whole identity politics and political correctness thing went crazy. And there was no legitimate argument with a lot of these people. It was just like orange man, bad, or you're a Nazi. And I think enough people have heard that enough to be like, yeah, that's not really an argument, dude. Like that doesn't really make sense. And so hopefully more people come around. I still think that uh, I'm optimistic about things turning around. I'm not optimistic for the masses. I think that there's going to be some really tough times ahead for the people who will not who who are gonna get woke with their pants on at the last moment, and then they're then they're gonna be they're gonna be in in trouble. And but you know what? If you if you uh, you know I, I'm I'm spiritual in in my belief that like this is all just a game and it's all just a test. And there's other lives to live and there's other lessons to learn. And so I don't it doesn't I'm not troubled by the fact that we might see a mass genocide. Uh, I, I I for sure don't want to be through that myself. And I'm I'm doing everything I can to get out of the way. But I think like in the grand scheme of things, if that is the life lesson that has to happen for, for people's spirits to progress throughout this journey that we're on, then that's that's part of it. And I think like I kind of find peace and solace in, in a little bit of that sometimes, because if you only think about how dumb people are for believing all this BS you'll get really angry and and it'll really bother you and I've certainly been there like, a, like no question in my mind this this year 2020 was the best year has been the best year of my life um but it's also been the most challenging year of my life as it, it, just as far as how I exist in the day-to-day world like people freaking out've I've been accosted by people for not wearing a mask and like in front of my kids and you know that's not easy but at the same time, it's kind of brought my family and my close friends together. And I, and I, you know, I, I can say wholeheartedly that, that I've built some of the greatest relationships that I know will stand the test of time in this last year than I ever have in my life. And it's all been because of this event. And I think there's the, there's a lot of beauty in what's actually going on. And one of the things that my wife and I often reflect on is that right now it's really easy to kind of sort out who your friends are. Uh, who your real friends are. And the mask is actually a perfect vehicle for that. Um, And I know some, I know a lot of people watching this probably have to wear a mask to go to work. And I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about, you know, um, your neighbor won't come and talk to you. Um, And if they do, they're wearing a mask and they're standing six feet away from you. Like people that are really buying into this, you know, wholesale. um, It's really easy to sort out who's on your side because, if the propaganda machine keeps going the way it is, and I think it's safe to assume that it will, chances are those people that are freaked out like that, you're not going to want to hang around with them in another year of this propaganda because they'll probably be calling the, you know, calling the cops on you because you have a few, have one or two many people over at your house for Thanksgiving. And that's that's literally where we've been this year. It's it's almost like I say that as if it's a joke, but that's actually real news. Like that's actually happening where people. Um, record numbers of calls were made to the police over Thanksgiving and Christmas for for neighbors ratting on each other. Like we are in a, a sort of, they are having sort of an East Germany moment when like, you know, one in six people are gonna rat you out. And that's the other thing that we have to deal with in Canada, which is an un- unfortunate s- statistical reality is that actually one in six people in Canada work for the government. That's a fact. And so it's safe to say that most people who work for the government probably are most on board with that. And so that's, that's a significant number of the population. And so that's something to, to be aware of that, you know, who are your friends, who are the people you trust? And and who do you want to spend your time with? And, uh, you know, the days of just like, going out willy nilly and, and, and socializing with people, are aren't really around anymore they are in some ways you know I I, I'm not into protesting but I do go down to the rally in Kelowna here all the time just so I can hang out with people because I I'm a very social guy and I miss (laughs) I miss being able to just like be in a crowd of people like I was a musician for years I used to go to shows and I'd play shows and and I just loved being around people I I really I really get off on people's energy and I love being in crowds and I love talking to people and making new friends and hugging people and, and, and you know, so I go down to the rally. I don't wa- march in the protest, but I go down just to hang out and see people that I like and that I want to be around. Nobody's wearing masks. Nobody's social distancing. It's amazing. And the media here is is writing inflammatory articles about these protests every Saturday and saying there's super spreader events and all this. And it's like, well, where's the evidence?
0: Because that's that's not happening. Yeah, so many great points. And I just love the idea of like going to the protest for like your social gathering. It's like, all right, the the protest is coming. I finally go out, like hang out with some people like uh it's it's just a lot of madness. And and you you made a lot of points that I, again, I agree with. It's like, you're finding out who your friends are. And, and unfortunately, I lost a lot of great, great friends, people I've known for pretty much my whole life um, without a conversation, you know what I mean? Without a respectful conversation, yeah. which which is a bummer. But it also comes to the point of like, okay, you're going to go your way. And at least I know now, if it keeps going, you might actually become a threat. And uh, I'm going to move over here with people who have the values of freedom, honesty, integrity, and and, and mutual respect. And so- there are, there are benefits. I think that we're all going to go through our own process for this and y- you You share just so many important insights and your work is incredibly important and relevant. So thankfully you've been doing it for a while and there's a lot of resources for people to check out. Um, I could talk to you all day, man. This has been a pleasure. Um, I'm sure you got some things to do being a farmer. Um, Is there anything else that you would like to discuss or chat about before we we close this amazing conversation? Um, No, I mean, I would just say I would leave people with optimism and that uh, the world
1: is what you make of it you know, don't, don't, don't get hung up on the bad news. Cause that's just around us every day. I, I mean, I, I do read the news cause I like to look at trends, but I just look at it for what it is. And it's objective. You know, my wife and I were in the car this morning and we were listening to CBC and we we're just laughing our ass off because they say COVID every 20 seconds. And it's just, it's just ridiculous. And so we, for us, it's fun. We're having fun. And, and, and I, and I believe that um, as spiritual beings, we chose to be here at this moment, we chose this life. And I, I and I, I truly believe that, you know, when my kids were born, I really felt that they chose me. And uh, they they chose to be born with me. And then they wanted to be here with us. And, and I I find such a great purpose and, and deep meaning in that. And so I, I, I try to apply that uh, wholesale to this whole situation. And I'm like, you know what, we want to be here. Because we're gonna be part of a great, a great uprising and a great, a great revolution, but it means doing the hard work. But that's why we're here. We're here to do the work. And so I'm optimistic. And I just think, um, you know, look at it for what it is, have fun, lead, lead, lead with love in your life and 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 surround yourself with good people and get rid of everything toxic in your life. That was the one thing I did um that just had leaps and bounds of uh, tremendous um, uh, strides that I made in my career and my personal life by cutting out toxic people. That was was probably the biggest one, but toxic habits, toxic thoughts, cutting out everything toxic. And then just, you manifest incredible things in your life when you are surrounded by other good people. Because I really believe we are all connected. And when you have energy of, of people who are on your path around you, you can uh, achieve things beyond your wildest dreams and you do it together and you do it with love and, and uh, you move forward every day. And the most important thing is that you're making decisions every day and you're doing things to move forward. And as long as you're doing that and you're doing the best you can, that's all you can do.
0: Beautiful. I absolutely love that. I agree with that. Uh, Where can people find more about you and your work if they want to stay in touch? They, they can go, I mean, my YouTube channel has a, you know, massive archive, just the urban farmer
1: on, um, YouTube. And then my membership site, which is where I post, which is, which is really my life's work. That's where I do everything now is, is from the field .TV. And, um, that is where I, I, uh, spend a lot of time and, uh, resources to travel, to visit farms. And I have done less traveling since all this started, but I've been documenting my work and actually my, uh, My motivation to be a leader in this space has been greater than ever, and and I'm very blessed to have a membership that pays to be part of my platform that supports me to do the work that I do so that I can lead the way I am. And so last year, my pledge was I'm going to build a new farm from scratch. And so because I had a I had a big plan at the beginning of the year to I was going to go and do a big, massive United States tour, uh, visiting, you know, 20, 30 farms in all over the the continent in the United States and make content for my site, which is what I've been doing in 2019. That's exactly what I did. But I basically said, okay, well, this is happening now. You know what I'm going to do instead? I'm going to build a new farm from scratch and I'm going to show you guys every single step of the way. And I'm going to document everything in full transparency, show you how much money I'm I'm spending, and show you everything. And so that's what I did. And now my pledge this year is I'm going to build a 40-acre off-grid homestead with all the food, water, energy, shelter um, that we need to survive in this year. And I'm going to document every step of the way on my website. So that's what I'm doing. I, 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 I learned... I was ahead of the curve of where we are with censorship today. I predicted this about four years ago. And at that point, I started taking steps to to protect myself from being deplatformed. And I'm actually very proud to say that I still have yet to be demonetized from YouTube. I'm still monetized on YouTube. But I have been proactive. So anytime I do talks like this on YouTube, I delete them. (laughs) I, I stream them on my YouTube channel, and then I put them on my membership site. So I do... Uh, Q and A's if people want to tune in, I do sometimes three hours of uh, Q and A's for my members um, on 9am, uh, every 9am Pacific Standard Time every Thursday, I do my Q and A's and then those stay up on YouTube for less than 24 hours, they get nuked. And then I put them on my website, I pu- I'm starting to put them on Odyssey. Now I have a channel on Odyssey, which is a really cool platform. Um, and so yeah, that's where people can find me
0: amazing man well you've been doing uh some incredible work i'm so glad you're out there uh sharing this very important knowledge uh this has been a pleasure I, i'm so grateful that we got an opportunity to connect and uh just thank you for the work that you're doing and i invite everybody to check out your your podcast and your work and just uh or your your channel and start to learn and start to be the solution so just thanks for everything right on brother thank you all right guys thanks see see you in the next one peace there you have it ladies and gentlemen the absolutely phenomenal Curtis Stone I hope that you enjoyed this episode if you did please share it everywhere you can on social media tag me, uh, leave a review in iTunes that helps immensely consider joining the membership Uh, you know you can pay even what you want there's a you know a suggested price over there and if you can't pay that or you need it for free just email me matt at zenathlete.com all of my stuff for that matter you know check out the quantum heart hypnosis it's such a powerful series the the soul compass program all that stuff you know you can pay what i'm asking for it which i think is is more than worth it and if you just want it for free you can have it for free i don't even care Uh, this is this is to help you live a beautiful life because if you can do that you're going to spread that vibe to other people and i am of service to you so just let me know Um, For those of you guys want to go down that coaching rabbit hole and uh, really connect with me, get one-on-one coaching um, in an amazing community, whatever the case is, however I can best support you, go to mattbellaire.com forward slash coaching and we'll help you out there. But we got lots of amazing shows coming up and uh, stay tuned. I'm getting a little bit overwhelmed right now because of all the censorship and uploading in 10 different platforms, so I'm kind of behind in some certain areas. Um, So if anybody out there wants to volunteer a little bit, that would be fantastic and really, really helpful, so I'm open to that as well, so that's it let's come into a state of peace and coherence uh, so you can, I can send you off for the rest of the day, wherever you are in the world to stop what you're doing, take in a deep breath into your nose hold that breath and let it out slowly, filling every cell, every muscle, and every fiber of your being with peace, joy contentment, empowerment, divine connection, and ready to take on the rest of the day, so thank you so much for listening, and we we'll